Welcome to King of Glory Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this week's encouraging message. For more information, please visit kingofglorycc.com. So, um, I've been watching and praying and seeing a lot of the patterns and the things that God's been saying for months. And so I just want to take a quick little minute to review. Some of the things came out of Joanne Arizaga's mouth, okay? And she talked about um, maturity. And um, it's really critical at this time that if you're a brand new believer, don't hear this word and think, oh, I need to hurry up. No, you are where you are. But I'm saying there are some of us that have been sitting for a while and we just need to kind of grow up a little more, okay? Um, So she spoke of maturity. And one of the things that represents maturity in this house is um, we are and we do believe in the fivefold ministry. If you look around in this church, there are apostles and prophets. There are evangelists and teachers, and there are indeed pastors. And in fact, Sam and Eliza are helping um, plant a new church this week, this weekend. That's where they are. And so they asked me to to step in and speak. Um, One of the other things that Joanne prophetically spoke was that we are growing even more into a family. And I've watched for years as this body has gone from just, you know, a gathering to maybe community, but we've gone beyond community and we are a family. And if you stick around for any length of time, you are going to be loved like family. Okay. And, and one of the things about family is sometimes it gets messy, at least in my family, it does. Um, but, but the overall umbrella is love and you will only find love in this house. It may not come to you the way you want or the way you have an expectation, but isn't that just like Jesus? He doesn't come the way we expect. He came as a child when they were looking for a king back in the day. But love is here and love is in this house for you. One of the other things that we believe, King of Glory is a spirit-filled church. We fully believe in those power manifestation gifts that are listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Do you see it operating every Sunday? Maybe not. But if you go into the freedom ministry or if you come to the altar or you stand around anybody for very much length of time, they're going to give you a word. It may be a word of wisdom. It may be a word of knowledge. It may be prophetic. You may get healed in this house. If you hang around Dan for any length of time, (laughs) you're going to get healed. Okay? So we believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and we believe that they are to be used and exhibited by the body of Christ to help grow it into maturity. Our hope is to develop a culture where these gifts all operate in our body, not just the healing, not just prophetic, there are miracles. There's faith. There are all kinds. There are nine gifts. So we don't want to just limit God to, oh, well, we do this and we do it well. So we're not going to even step out and try these other things. So often they piggyback on one another. Might get a word of knowledge and then it's going to turn into prophecy. 
So one of my personal desires in the stirring up of gifts is to build the body and to build God's kingdom. Um, I love, love, love partnering with the Holy Spirit where we minister, especially like in jail, rehab, prison, um, whatever that fourth place is. Oh yeah, rescue mission. You know, when you, <laughs> oh yeah, sorry, Becky. When, when, when you give somebody a word and their eyes literally like bug out of their head, like, how did you know that? I mean, it's like, ah, I love it. There's nothing much better. Or they burst into tears because the pain is completely gone. And so I, I say that to inspire you, okay? Um, I grew up in a church that never spoke about the gifts. They didn't teach against it, and I'm so thankful for that. But they didn't tell me what was available. And, and so then that, too, is part of the urgency in my heart to, to tell anybody and everybody, hey, there's more. Oh, my goodness, it's awesome. you got to step into it and try it and receive it. So for some of us, that may happen all the time and we get kind of complacent, like, oh, yeah, la-di-da, you know, because we forget how awesome it is. But others of us, you know, it's kind of sitting there on the shelf collecting dust, and we may want to just go, you know, blow that dust off and say, oh, yeah, I've got this awesome thing. I think I need to pull it out. Jesus, help me. One of the things that you need to remember is that God will not, has not and will not ever change his mind about you or the gifts that he has given you. We want these gifts to be used wisely and maturely. And if you've hung around people for any length of time operating in the gifts, sometimes you see people using them unwisely and immaturely. But don't let that get in your way. Because that was them. That's about their stuff. That's not about God and his stuff. Right? Okay, so um, pull up the first slide, Mike. And this is just a reminder of Joanne's words about maturity. That a reminder, maturity releases you into your inheritance. I thought this was such a wonderful way to look at this particular scripture. Because as long as you're a child, you know, you may have a lot of money waiting for you, but it's not freely given to you. You're under stewardship. And if you are acting immature, it's not that it's not there waiting for you, but you may not receive the fullness of it or get to operate in it to the fullness of when you start growing up and that sanctification process. So we all have our moments, but someone who is mature is mostly led by the spirit more than the flesh. And to know what the spirit looks like, look at the next slide, Galatians 5. The first part is very familiar probably about the fruit of the spirit. By the way, that's something God has to grow in you. I mean, you do have to cooperate, but that's God's thing. Against such, there is no such law. And these, those who are Christ's, have crucified the flesh 
with its passions and desires. I just remind you, that's part of that sanctification process she talked about. Okay, so I love gifts. Gifts is my main love language. If you've ever read that book about touch and words of affirmation and all that, okay. I've matured. I love spending time with people and I do enjoy words of affirmation, but I like a gift. I don't care if it's even just a rock. If you bring me a rock and you give it to me and say, Jennifer, I saw this and I thought of you, I'll be like, oh, thank you so much. It'll melt my heart. I'm serious. Just, just watch. So um, the gifts of the Spirit, they're a gift, right? I wasn't aware of the spiritual gifts he had given me for many years. Like I said, I lived for like 20, uh, yeah, at least 20 years without even knowing or understanding that there was a baptism in the Holy Spirit and that there were gifts to be had. 1 Corinthians 13, 11 says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man or a woman, I put away childish things. That too is part of crucifying that flesh. So the gifts of the spirit found in 1 Corinthians, what good is a gift if it's not received or not opened? Like I said, you come to me with anything wrapped and I don't care if it's, you know, dirt. I'll be like, I have a friend who actually brought me dirt. Okay. But it was from Israel. So I was like, thank you so much. It was great. <laughs> but what good is a gift <laughs> if it's not opened, if it's not used? Okay. So when Dan and I first got married, I really didn't want any practical gifts. Don't give me a vacuum cleaner, son. That is not going to go over well. Okay. Just saying, especially for an anniversary. But now I'm like, oh, vacuum cleaner. Cool. Thank you. Okay. So um, anyway, so I, like I said, I, I got um, saved when I was young, 15, but I didn't get baptized in the Holy Spirit till I was like 38. And the man, I opened those gifts of the Holy Spirit and they made me so aware of him and how real he was and how much he loved me. 2 Corinthians 5 5 in the Passion Translation, at the risk of sounding like Larry Nordlinger, because he always quoted out of the Passion Translation when they were here. So, this is no empty hope, for God Himself is the one who has prepared us for this wonderful destiny and to confirm this promise that we have more than just here on this earth. He has given us the Holy Spirit like an engagement ring as a guarantee. Now, the context of that verse is about our earthly bodies being like tents, meaning that's temporary. And everything we do here on this earth is temporary, except those things that we're doing with and for God. Those have eternal value. Jesus is indeed coming back. 
But in the meantime, we want to wait. I want to wait like the parable of the 10 versions. I don't want to be complacent. I don't want to fall asleep. I want my wick trimmed, my lamp burning. I am waiting expectantly and I'm choosing every opportunity I get to partner with my beloved through the Holy Spirit. And I just ask you, are you? That doesn't mean that I'm always on, okay? Many of you know I just lost my dad the 19th of May. And so I'm walking through grief, okay? But there's a difference between the flesh and the spirit. And so when you're walking in the spirit, a lot of that earthly stuff is not going to have the hold on you when you're walking in the spirit. So Dan and I got married 35 years ago and we got engaged a year before that. And I, of course, still wear my ring. And what that does is that tells somebody something about me. I belong to someone and someone belongs to me. And if we were to exhibit our gifts like an engagement ring, it would say, I belong to someone and he belongs to me. So do we show our covenant with Jesus visibly or do we hide it under a bushel? First Corinthians 12 is a list of gifts given to show everyone that like an engagement ring, the gifts, this is what they tell others. Can you pull up that slide? To me, they say, Jesus is real. That's what I see when I see those eyes bugging out of people's head. How did you know? <laughs> well, it's the Holy Spirit. He is who he says he is. If you haven't resolved that in your own mind, I suggest you pick up your word, the Bible. And like I said, I belong to him. He belongs to me. And it says to others when I minister to them, he wants you and is available to you. So the gifts, they are considered in, now there are other gifts. There are, um, you know, we've talked about the redemptive gifts in Romans 12, and there are gifts that Jesus gave to the church, that fivefold ministry. That is for equipping the church. But these gifts in 1 Corinthians 12 are power manifestation gifts. First Corinthians 12, seven in the passion translation says each believer is given continuous revelation by the Holy spirit to benefit, not just himself, but all the word there, continuous revelation is translated from the Aramaic and implied in Greek the word phanerosis, which means the clear display in light or public manifestations. I couldn't help but remembering that children's song, This Little Light of Mine. I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel? No. And the purpose is to benefit who? Okay all. It benefits you. It benefits you to use your gifts. 
but it also benefits those that you are expressing that or manifesting that gift to. That's the whole point. In childlike faith, we need to step out and use our God-given gifts for the benefit of all. Now, does that mean you've got to run out and run down the street or run to Walmart and start prophesying? No. Where does God have you? Go from there. Look for open doors. Look for invitations. But it is a whole lot easier to move a car that's at least in neutral rather than parked. Okay, so just to be clear, here's the list. These are the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and they are indeed still alive today. Their main purpose, according to Paul in verse 7, was to profit or benefit all. My goodness, people, as the world grows darker, why would God withdraw his gifts? Why would he say, oops, sorry, just kidding. That was only for people that were in the Bible. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, gifts, healing, working of miracles, prophecy. See, I told you it wasn't just one or two. Discerning of spirits, various tongues, interpretation of tongues. So I also dropped this nugget right here. God is not stingy with his gifts. Don't believe that he's never given you any. And don't believe he's only given you one. I've operated in almost all of them at one time or another. Now, I do some more than others because I've chosen to practice those more than others. But they're all there. Reinhard Bonnke, one of our favorite evangelists, Dan and I, um, said, God does not anoint couch potatoes. <laughs> Meaning, if you want to see this stuff happening in your life, you kind of got to step out. You got to try it. Step out of the boat and start water walking. Seriously. Now, I understand. I saw some heads nod when I talked about people using it wrongly. So if you've been hurt by someone operating wrongly in their gift, if you've been hurt by someone um, operating immaturely in their gift, if what they did was more out of their flesh than the spirit, I want to say right here and right now, identificationally, I'm so sorry. That was designed by the enemy to shut you off and shut you down. That was not God's best. If you read the word, his gifts are to benefit. They are to build up. They are to encourage. They are not to tear down. So your part is to forgive them and move on. Time is too short. Move on, people. Leave it in the dust. Don't allow what happened to you in the past dirty or clog your Holy Spirit filter or prevent you from receiving what God has for you now. You know, last week, Sam, for the offering, he, he did this awesome 
visual of, of holding a clenched fist over something. And then he poured out all these coins on top of it and they just plinked right off because they were hanging on. Daniel was hanging on tight to what he had or the past, whatever it is that you may be hanging on to. And all these blessings are coming and they're coming and they're pointing right off. You like that word? Pointing right off of your hand. You got to hold it open to God. So you need to ask yourself, this is between you and the Holy Spirit, not you and Jennifer. Are you going to let the past hold you back? Are you going to let what man or the enemy, or both of them, have done to you, are you going to let that define your future? Remember, God only gives good gifts. Go to Luke 11 if you can. Luke eleven thirteen. if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So, you know, if you don't even know what you have, that's okay. We just say welcome, welcome to the body, and we bless you to grow in your gifts as God desires. There's something wonderfully satisfying, like I've talked about, partnering with Jesus, doing the things he has for you to do. Go to Ephesians 2.10. It's one of my faves. This is in the New Living Translation, and I chose that one because I like that word. We are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Remember Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans that I have for you, the thoughts I have toward you, and they are for good and not for harm. They are for a future and a hope. Well, this is a reminder. There are good things for you to do, and it's a get to, not a have to. A break off all obligation. You know, Dan talked about that even in the offering. If you're giving out of an obligatory heart, no. God loves it when you're cheerful. And I tell you what, there's nothing much better than partnering with him. Like one of the last times I was in the jail, the men came in. There were, oh, I don't know how many of them. And I had a, a word for each and every one of them. And, okay, these are tough guys, right? In jail, they are not going to let you see them sweat like that old ad, they are not going to let you see tears. And there was this one guy, he, okay, he reminded me of Loki, for those of you that know who Loki is. And, and I'm serious, he was, in a, he was operating out of a different spirit, but God still had a word for him. And Carolyn said she watched and his whole demeanor changed. It softened. That's what the gifts are for. That is the Holy Spirit. Are you going to partner with him? So that being said, if you are new to trying out your gifts, and even if you're not, there's great value in the following. Yeah. Study and know the word of God. 
you know, I've so often heard it said, the Holy Spirit's like a river, but the Word of God, those are the banks. If it doesn't line up with the Word, mm -mm -mm, nope, it's another spirit. So, of course, this isn't a comprehensive list, but the things on this list are critical because we are all still in process. I don't know anybody that has arrived. Do you? Except Jesus. Joanne reminded us of the sanctification process when she was here in April. So I love Hebrews 10, 14. I quote it almost every time I get up here. By one offering or sacrifice, he has perfected forever and completely cleansed those who are being sanctified, bringing each believer to spiritual completion and maturity. I know I didn't go through that list minute ago, but I'm going to go back to it. Okay. So study and know the word of God, practice in a safe environment, get some training with people who know how to operate in a particular gift and agree with the sanctification process. So now back to Hebrews 10, 14, remember that when you got saved, your spirit was perfected forever, but I liken it to when you get saved, your spirit may be kind of small, your emotions, your mind, your flesh, all that has been in charge for a long time, depending on when you got saved. But your spirit is perfect, but you need to grow it. It's there. And when you tap into the power of the Holy Spirit, your spirit is going to expand. And the more you operate in the spirit, the bigger it's going to get. So, doing things God's way rather than in our flesh, it's really a good thing. I'm just recommending it highly, okay? Okay, so now let's look at that list, but we're going to look at it um, in parts. So study and know the Word of God. Yes. Not only will you know Him and His character and His person better by doing that, but when you are on the giving or the receiving end of any one of those gifts, you are going to be able to recognize whether it lines up with the word of God, whether it lines up with God. He's not going to go against himself. 2 Timothy 3.16 is proof of that. It says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction for instruction in righteousness. Number two, practice in a safe environment. That's something that we do around here. We provide safe environments for you to practice what you're learning. Practice is important for hearing God's voice, for trying anything. It's kind of like having training wheels. Three, get some training with people you know already operate in that particular gift. Hang out with them. If you don't know how to pray, hang out with some people that know how to pray. If you don't know about prophecy, hang out with somebody you know has a prophetic voice. Hang out with them. Malachi 4.6 
says he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. To me, this is part of maturity. And this is part of even operating in the gifts, growing in anything. There are a bunch of mothers and fathers in this house of a variety of ages who would absolutely love nothing better than to impart to you. You know, Paul said, there are a lot of teachers. You have a lot of teachers, but you don't have many fathers. I want to say one of the hallmarks of this house is the value of the generations and the hearts of the children to the fathers and the fathers to the children and being teachable and being humble with anybody of any age. We're not talking chronological. Because you could be, you know, 105 and still have some areas that need to grow. Especially, folks, as we see the breakdown of family in the world, do you not see how we are to come in that opposite spirit and value our children of every age and value family and link arms? And it may not always be pretty, like I said, but we are doing our very best. So Romans... Oh, oh, sorry, ahead. Cooperate with the sanctification process. Most of us are really good at that. But like Sam said last week, you don't want to turn it into navel gazing. You know, where all you do is look at yourself and look at your stuff, and then you forget to look up and look out and look up. Because that's where your answer is coming from. That's where your help is coming from. That's where your healing is coming from. Our character can affect the gifts. And so here's Romans 11:29, both first in the Amplified and then in the Passion Translation. The gifts and the callings of God are irrevocable. Did you know that? He does not withdraw what he has given. They're gifts, people. They're not earned. He didn't give them to you and say, oops, sorry, no, you're not worthy. Taking them back. He doesn't change his mind about those to whom he gives his grace or to whom he sends his call. Romans 11.29 says it this way in the Passion Translation. When God chooses someone, you know that you're chosen. The word says, we didn't choose him, he chose us. When God chooses someone and graciously imparts gifts to him, they are never rescinded. I feel like I'm seeing some minds go, Ching! like, oh. He never takes his engagement ring back, people. He's a covenant-keeping God. Jeremiah 31, 3, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with my everlasting He basically says, before the foundation of the world, I knew you, I chose you, I wanted you, 
And I wanted you to carry this part of me, of my likeness, and share it with those around you. So he's not going to take his gifts. He's not going to leave you. Not ever. It's not based on your behavior, even your bad behavior, and your character flaws. And when those things are showing more than God's design for you, oh well, he'll never leave you. He won't forsake you. His love for you is not based on your behavior or bad, bad or good. And you cannot earn it. So stop trying. Stop trying to earn his love, folks. It's already freely given 100% all the time. That's who he is, and he loves you. So stop trying to say, well, see, I grew up with some perfection and performance as a firstborn and even generationally, and so I was trying for a very long time to earn love. I didn't realize I already had it. Okay, so here's another important point. Mike, go to this one. This is a good one. The gifts in 1 Corinthians 12 are not trophies. He's not like, oh, well, they're good, and so I'm going to give them this one. Or they're bad, so I'm taking it away. Or I'm not going to give them that one. They're not trophies. They are gifts freely given, and freely you have received. So now what? Freely give. But give it in love. Because, you know, 1 Corinthians 12 has that power list of nine. And then um, 1 Corinthians 14 says, oh, but I would that you would all prophesy. And it goes all into all that. But right smack dab in the middle is 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. And Paul says, man, I could do all this stuff. But if I am not doing it in love, if I'm doing it out of some other motivation, it's worthless. It's a clanging gong. And it's visible, people. People see and know what you're operating out of. You may think you're hiding it really well, but eh, nope. Okay, so finally, some points for you to ponder between yourself and the Holy Spirit. So if you find yourself being critical or judging the gifts or people who operate in them, look at Luke 6, 37 for just a sec. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgiven, you will be forgiven. If you find yourself doing that, what goes around comes around. The Bible calls it sowing and reaping. So if you're feeling jealous or envious when someone is using their gifts, recognize what you're feeling. And lay it aside. We are to rejoice with one another. Because it's the Holy Spirit. When it's good and it's right and it's true, it's the Holy Spirit. It's not that person. Galatians 5, 25 and 26. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. Paul says, don't do it. It's too easy to do, especially if you're on Facebook too much. 
Just saying. So if you're afraid of punishment or concerned about perfection or performance in using your gifts, look at 1 John 4.18. This might be an antidote. There's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves punishment or torment. He who fears has not been made perfect in love. If you're afraid God is going to beat you over the head for messing up, then you don't know him yet. Okay, so these are some indicators that love has not been perfected in you. Those things, fear especially. Okay, so then this is where accountability comes in. If you're in fear, go to somebody and say, hey, help me with this. There are plenty of people around that would love to help you. So in review, we at King of Glory, we do believe in all the gifts of the Holy Spirit listed in 1 Corinthians 12. We want to see the body activated in their unique gifts given by the Holy Spirit. Can I say we need them? We need you. We need you to grow in your gifts. You can transform us by operating in your gifts. We will all be a more complete representation of Jesus and his body when we do that. So these gifts are to empower, encourage, equip the body of Christ, and we encourage each of you to discover what God has for you to go ahead and step out and try it, like Peter stepping out on the water. He didn't turn around to his guys in the boat and say, hey, what do you think? He said, Jesus, if it is you, bid me to come. So don't think it through. Don't reason it through. Don't hang out with your bud and say, I don't know. What do you think? No, Jesus, what do you think? What are you saying? Okay, so I am prayerfully looking at doing a school of the spirit, possibly starting in August, where it would be that safe place for people to get together and activate and other people to lead. It doesn't have to be Jennifer. So we're, uh, if you're at all interested, the ball is in your court. If you don't have my contact info, come see me after church. And if you do have my contact info, text me. I text. Okay? Because it's a big deal. It's time to grow up. This is an awesome way to grow up. It's time for the body to be prepared for what is coming. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I encourage you to do that. It's not scary. Dan and I both had misconceptions. I'll just put it that way. He's awesome. And I would never, ever, ever go back. It's like being, well, maybe I shouldn't tell you. It's like being strapped to the space shuttle and going in the spirit. It's like, wow, this is great. Hang on. Here we go. Woo. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to pray. And we'll close out the service. And in a moment, I'll have the altar ministers come up. If something I said kind of went, ooh, right there, 
yeah, I recognize. I feel that. Come up for prayer. Because God wants you healed. He wants those misconceptions of him and his gifts and his body to go away. It's time. Start afresh. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. See if I can remember it now that I've spoken it. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Shall it not spring forth? Do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Shall it not? If I'm doing it, God says, if I'm doing it, shall it not spring forth like rivers in the desert? So bow your heads. Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for your gifts. I thank you for your body. I thank you for your perfect love that casts out fear. I thank you for the plans that you have for each of us individually and us corporately as a body. They are indeed for good and not for harm. They are for a future and a hope. And you say that when we seek your face and we pray that you will hear us and that you will deliver us out of every captivity. Those places we've been bound because of wounds of the past, those places and those thoughts that have not lined up with you and the truth of your word. Jesus, I am asking that you come and you minister and you break through. Break through and open the eyes of our understanding to recognize we are doing a new thing together. We are going as one, as a body, forward into the new. Show us individually what our part is. And show us only what is our part that we not step on one another's toes like the planets in orbit. Each one has their own orbit. You don't see Venus crashing into Mercury. I thank you. Provide opportunities for the use of those gifts. Speak to us. Let us hear you. Because it's not just about what goes on in this house. It's about what goes on outside those doors. Bottom line, you want us to go out. Use those gifts going out. There's a lost and dying world that doesn't know that you're real, doesn't know your power, doesn't know your strength, doesn't know your love. Empower us by your Holy Spirit to do that. Because Acts 1.8 said the Holy Spirit would come upon us so that we would be witnesses. Don't forget that element, folks. Don't think it's just about you. When he said it's to benefit all, I think his vision was all. All. There are a whole lot of people he died for that don't know him yet. Seal in, Lord God, the truth of your word. Let this not be a flash in the pan, but let this be a changing moment. And we thank you for it. 
in Jesus' mighty name. If I could have some of the altar ministers come up. I bless you extravagantly because we have an extravagant God. I bless you in the coming and the going and in the rising and when you lay down. I bless you in every way that you need it. Healing, health, wholeness, finances, relationships. I bless you to be in the right place at the right time this week, being about your father's business, just like Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to King of Glory Sermon of the Week. Connect with us on Instagram at KOG underscore Asheville and on Facebook at facebook.com slash KOG Asheville.